Good morning. It's a time we'll call corporate prayer. So we uh, bring together different things, but there's so much, and it was a beautiful song, isn't it? Just uh, the amazing God. He put the stars in the sky and he knows their names. That is extraordinary. And this is the same God that bends down to listen to our prayers. Isn't it an extraordinary thought that the God who created the heavens and the earth actually bends down to listen to our prayers? Carrie, you're looking nervous. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. That's terrible. We'll pray for Carol. So we're, gonna, we're just going to join in prayer. Just, uh, we've, we've really sang these words, but this comes just some, some thoughts. From, sorry, I just need to put my four eyes on. Psalm 95, for the Lord, oh, thank you so much. I quite enjoy just sort of fumbling around. Thank you very much, that's lovely. Okay, Psalm 95, bits. For the Lord is the greatest of all, the King God over all gods. In one hand he holds the mystery of the earth, in the other he holds the highest mountain peaks. He's the owner of every ocean, the engineer and sculptor of earth itself. Come, kneel before this creator God. Psalm 96, for the Lord's greatness is beyond description. We've just sung that. He deserves all the praise that comes to him. He is our King God, and it is right to be in holy awe of him. And I think that's one thing I get more and more conscious of is the fact in our society today that we've lost respect. So let's just come before God. Our Father in heaven, Lord, that you are the greatest God. You're above all gods. Lord, we thank you that we can sing of your awesomeness. Lord, we can come as your children and we can come to worship you as we do this morning. And Lord, we bring the needs of our people and the nations before you, God, who alone can change things. You are the author of life. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you came, Lord, to be, you are truth. People say, what is truth? But Lord, you are the truth. You came to show us the way and you came to show us life. Lord, we thank you for that this morning. Lord, we thank you that you speak to us and are speaking to us as a local assembly. Lord, we thank you that you've reminded us that we're on a great odyssey, a great journey home to you, to be restored to you in relationship to you. We thank you, Lord, that we've been encouraged to, uh, to spend time with you, to get to know you. And, Lord, the more we do that, the more loving and kind and gracious we see that you are. And, Lord, the more time we spend you, the more we're drawn into your presence, and we thank you for that. And, Lord, we thank you that you lead us. We thank you that this is only possible through the cross. We're reminded again, Lord, that this great sacrifice you paid personally, Lord, to bring us back to yourself. And so this morning, Lord, as we consider afresh what it means to the fact that you are the potter. You are the Lord. You are the creator, the perspective, Lord, that you are our creator and uh, you are our shepherd. We are the sheep of your pasture. And so, Lord, as you're working amongst us, we thank you for that. Lord, too, we're reminded to pray uh, for those in authority above us. Uh, Lord, for you place, it says the scriptures tell us that you have placed those people in authority above us. So, Lord, we don't pray about politics we pray about the position. We pray about. We pray particularly for the new president of the United States, the Lord as a world leader, 
and the impact that he can have. God, Lord, we pray for wisdom for that man and his team. Lord, we pray for our own state. We thank you for our Premier. Lord, we thank you for our Prime Minister and his uh, team. And Lord, we pray for wisdom for men and women in positions of leadership across this nation. Oh God, we thank you that as we honour them and look to you for your guidance through them, oh God, that we can live a peaceable life in holiness and godliness. So Father, help us to remember them, uh, Lord, with honour. And so God, we thank you for the way that you lead us. Lord, as we prayed for our children today as they're going back to school, we pray for those, Lord, too, who are returning to work this week and who've just started, people starting new jobs and uh, new adventures in life. Father, thank you for your guiding hand. Continue to guide us, Lord, we pray, as a congregation. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you that we can sing about that, Lord, because it's reality to us. We bless you this morning and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. To make a grand entrance, wouldn't it, as I tripped up the steps? <laughs> uh, so it's already been said that our theme this morning is the potter and the clay. And I would just like to say that over the last two months, I have been going through the process of being shaped uh, before I ever knew that I would be speaking about it this morning. So let's begin. One day, as God was sitting in heaven, a scientist came before him and said, Lord, we don't really need you anymore. Science has finally figured out a way to create life out of nothing. In other words, we can now what you did, could now do what you did in the beginning. Oh, is that so, said God. Tell me how. Well, said the scientist, we can take dirt and form it into the likeness of you and breathe life into it, thus creating man. Well, that's interesting, said God. Show me. So the scientist bent down to the earth, took a handful of soil and started to mould it. Oh, no, 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 interrupted God. You need to start by making your own dirt first. <laughs> Absolutely everything has been created by God, as we've sung in that wonderful song this morning. There is nothing that medicine, physics, music or science can discover or create that has not first come from the mind of God. God certainly created the earth and the dust from which we are formed, which is a mystery in itself. But it's what God did with the earth that is the greatest mystery, as the scientist found out. No one can copy that. In Genesis, we read that when God spoke, things happened. He is the all-powerful, mighty creator of heaven and earth. He spoke the words and the heavens were created. He spoke the, he spoke the word and the sun and the stars were created. The oceans and everything in them were spoken into existence. The word from God's mouth created every living thing on the face of the earth, except for man. We are told in Genesis 2, 7 that the Lord, the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Going back a bit in Genesis 1, 26, God says, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. He was having this conversation with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and they obviously all agreed because verse 27 says, so God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we are made in God's image. He used himself as the model for us when he took the clay and lovingly moulded it into a human being, breathed his own life into it and made Adam and then Eve. So today we'll be looking at the verses about the process of the clay being shaped by the potter. The first of these looks at the aspects of submission, surrender and obedience. So our first overhead is Isaiah 64, 8. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. The emphasis of this verse is that the potter is our Father. And despite our failings, he still loves us and will never give up on us. But because God is a good father, he will lovingly continue to work his, his work of shaping us. He has chosen to love us and make us into the person he created us to be. He loves us with an everlasting love. He loves us just as we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. And God's relationship to Adam is centred in the fact that the clay belonged to the potter. But Adam sinned, and the beautiful creation that God had made was now marred and misshapen. The relationship God created him for was now broken. But in his grace, God didn't withdraw his love or his desire for Adam to know God as his father. And if we could understand this truth, it might change the way we relate to God and the way we allow him to mould us. It would make a difference in our lives because we need to be reminded that we are not our own. We have been bought with a price and that price was the blood of Jesus. Because that incredible price was paid for us on the cross, we now enjoy the relationship God desired and created us for, but which Adam lost. And now we can call God Abba Father, a name of great affection like Papa or Daddy. But God isn't finished with us yet. The potter has more work to do. In making something from the clay, the potter has a design and use for it in his mind. He will mould it and shape it until he has in his hand a vessel fit for his use, something that is pleasing to him. And Corrie ten Boom said, A potter can only mould the clay when it lies completely in his hand. It requires complete surrender. And I believe that surrender comes from the childlike trust we discover in God's love for us. We can trust him to work in us what is pleasing to him because he is kind, patient and merciful. And even if it doesn't make sense to us at the time, we can trust him because he knows what's best for us. Two of the things used in making a clay pot are water and fire. The water keeps it soft and malleable until the desired texture and shape is achieved and the fire in the oven hardens it so that it will keep that shape and be durable. Fire and water are both symbols of the Holy Spirit and he works in us to make us soft and malleable in the hands of God and to make us durable. Once the potter is satisfied with the texture and softness of the clay, the next step is to place it on the wheel to shape it, and this is a critical step. 
The clay has to be exactly centred on the wheel, otherwise it is impossible to shape it. If it's off-centre, it will be marred. It's the same with us. For us to be useful, to be the right shape, we too must be centred in Christ. He must be our focus, otherwise we will be misshapen and not able to function as God intended. But before we can get to the stage of being fired, quite a bit needs to happen to us. We have to undergo the shaping by the hands of our master potter. And shaping can range from being uncomfortable to painful. In most instances, it's really up to us how painful it will be. How long we take to submit to the hands of the potter will depend on our willingness to obey. The longer we take, the more pressure God will have to apply to get us to see the need for change. And I once heard a very wise man say that when you are arguing with God, time is always on his side. He also said that God has missed many opportunities to be early. So shaping us will take as long as God thinks is necessary. It's up to us whether we want to short circuit that. A few years ago, I was part of a team that organised a women's retreat and the theme then was the potter and the clay. And I asked a friend of mine if he could draw a couple of sketches for me that we could use on the invitations. The first was of a lump of clay with a bit of a grimace on its face as it was worked on by big hands. And the clay had to have long eyelashes because it was a women's retreat. And so this is what he did. Perfect, isn't it? I didn't think so. I looked at that when I got it and thought, ooh, that's a bit harsh. The women might not come. <laughs> I pictured a softer touch, patting and smoothing. And as soon as that thought went through my mind, I felt the Lord say, but that's exactly how you are with me. I confess, and Richard will tell you, that I can be a bit stubborn and resistant at times. And I'm still a work in progress. But immediately I saw a picture of me at the chiropractor and I've had a, a curved spine all of my life which was diagnosed when I was 19. And whenever I went to the chiropractor, he would try and correct it by pushing with all his strength on the highest point of the curve. And I was frightened of the damage that that might cause. And so I would hold my breath, clench my teeth and tense every muscle that I had as I resisted the pressure that he applied. But I did have a chuckle when I realised that God was speaking to me through this sketch that I thought was a bit harsh. As he told me, I resisted his working in me with all my strength. I realised that it was really no laughing matter. I thanked my friend for his great work and I told him that it was exactly what I needed. But for a piece of clay to be useful, it has to have the impurities removed from it. In our lives, another word for impurities is sin and God definitely wants to remove that from our lives. Willie made the point in her message last week that to take up our cross means to surrender our will to the Lord. When our concerns and Christ's concerns meet, we must decide whose will shall give way. Will we surrender our will to his will? Will we die to self and let God shape us? The ultimate example of this is Jesus praying in the garden for God to spare him on, from going to the cross. He suffered greatly 
not because of any sin but because of his humanity, yet he chose to yield to God's will. He also knew suffering through his temptation in the desert and he suffered in being falsely accused by the Pharisees and even his own family who thought he had lost his mind. Scripture tells us that Jesus was made perfect through his suffering. He knew what it was to be shaped by God. And we suffer in many ways, especially when we feel that God hasn't answered our prayers. Sometimes God acts miraculously, but most times he opens our spiritual eyes and shows us what we can do to bring about the change. Then he gives us the strength to do it. Sometimes just a few words from the Lord will let us know his will for us. He might say no or wait because the time is not right or just to trust him. Our part is to listen and to obey. The trials we go through will equip and refine us even further, making us more and more like Jesus. We all want to see the power of God in our lives but we would prefer to move through life protected from all the dangers and all the difficulties. But sometimes struggles are exactly what we need in our lives to shape us and strengthen us, to build our character and to make us more compassionate. There is a story of a man who found the cocoon of a butterfly. One day a small opening appeared and he watched for several hours as the butterfly struggled to force its body through that little hole. Then it seemed to stop making any progress. It appeared that it could go no further. So, trying to help, the man took a pair of scissors and made the hole larger. The butterfly then emerged easily, but it had a large body and small shriveled wings. And he expected that at any moment the wings would enlarge and expand and to be able to support the body, but it didn't happen. In fact, the butterfly's wings never developed and it was never able to fly. In his kindness and haste, the man didn't understand that the restricting cocoon and the struggle required for the butterfly to emerge were God's way of forcing the fluid from the body of the butterfly into its wings. Then it would be ready for flight once it was free from the cocoon. If God allowed us to go through life without any obstacles, it would cripple us and we would not be as strong and spiritually developed as we could have been and we would be unable to fly. Our second scripture today is Jeremiah 18.3-6. I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel but the, pot was shaping, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. And this verse is actually referring to the nation of Israel and how God warned them that he would reshape them into a people who obeyed him. And that's his desire for us, obedience. We are all marred in some way. And God wants to see those parts of us restored so that they don't hold back our spiritual growth. We too can be disobedient, have a wrong attitude or habit or a hard heart. But because of his love and compassion, the Lord has the answers for all the things that would hold us back. And his Holy Spirit will work in us as we submit ourselves into his hands, as he makes us soft clay for his shaping. 
If the clay goes dry, it will be too hard for shaping. So we need the living water of the Holy Spirit to help us to yield ourselves and to change by his power within. The next two scriptures give us a warning. Isaiah 45, we read, Israel, you have no right to argue with your creator. You are merely a clay pot shaped by a potter. The clay doesn't ask, why did you make me this way? This is a serious warning to us, not to argue with God about what he has created. And in Romans 9.21, the message, the warning is reinforced. But who are you, human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Again, we are reminded not to question our creator. A famous preacher, Henry Blackaby, tells of a time when as a nine-year-old he questioned God about something. I think it's possible that he might have talked back to God. And God's answer was, because I am God and you are not. And that was probably a good lesson for him to learn and all of us to learn early in life. We can feel disappointed about certain aspects of our appearance or of our abilities or our talents. And I know in years gone by, when I was younger, I would wish that I could be like such and such a person because they were very spiritual. And God is happy for us to recognise the good in others so long as it inspires us to grow in a certain direction to allow God to shape us. He doesn't want us to be unhappy with who we are and think we aren't as good as someone else. Each of us is a unique creation with our own characteristics, strengths and weaknesses. We are all at different stages along the path God has uniquely planned for us. And we all have equal value because the same price was paid for each one of us, the death of Jesus. The second part of Romans tells us that the potter has the right to make whatever he likes from the clay, some vessels for special purposes and some for common use. There are many things that can be made from clay, platters, cups, bowls, jugs and flower pots, and each one is unique in its appearance and its purpose. And it's the same with us. Every item of clay that God creates has a unique purpose and appearance God only makes originals with specific purposes and he's not interested in copies. He is patiently working on us all the time to achieve those purposes which were planned before the beginning of the world, beginning, sorry, the beginning of time. Sometimes he works with greater intensity but his work is constant, changing us from glory into glory to become more like Jesus. All he wants is for you to be the best you that you can be where he has placed you for his purposes. And did you know that there is no higher calling than to be used for God's purposes? In Ephesians we read that he made some people to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. In 1 Corinthians we read that God has given gifts to each of us for the common good administration, encouragement, 
giving, serving and helping, there's a long list. But we can be prone to wishing that we had the gifts that other people have. Why can't I be like her or why can't I do what he does? And God's answer would be the same as he gave to Henry Blackaby, because I am God and you are not. Comparing ourselves with others is something God definitely wants us to deal with. And so to summarise this morning, we've looked at the facts that God, the potter, is our father and we belong to him. We carry his likeness. Because of sin, we are all marred in some way. We are not to compare ourselves to others. We are all originals. Being shaped requires our complete surrender, trust and obedience. We are not to argue with our creator. God is making something that is pleasing to him and everything he does flows from his great love for us. And all these things lead us to the last glorious step in the process of being shaped, our purpose. Corinthians 2, chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 says, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. The treasure is not about ourselves. We are only messengers carrying the beauty of the life of Jesus living in us, which we first understood when we saw God in the face of Jesus. And I want to say a big thank you to Brianna and Adele Potter for colouring this beautiful picture of a fragile clay pot. It has a crack in it to remind us that we are all flawed in some way and could break at any moment, or that could also represent a scar that reminds us of the Lord's healing of something in our life, something we can share with others to encourage them. And when people see the difference that Jesus can make to someone's life and the joy he gives, they will want to know him for themselves. And it's up to us to show them his love and grace, and to tell them that they don't have to earn it. It is a free gift for everyone, but to make sure that God gets all the credit and all the honour for what he has done. It's not about us. Whether we are fancy vessels or the everyday type, our ultimate and most rewarding purpose is to take the love of the good news of Jesus and what he has done for us to those who need it. We're going to listen to a song now and I just ask you to just sit quietly and let the Holy Spirit speak into your heart and also into any circumstances that he may be putting you through at the moment to shape you. Just let him speak to you now. Thanks so much, Carol. Um, yeah, so much meaning and depth in that message. Uh, 
I just want to close in prayer, but just encourage you as well. Uh, perhaps you're feeling a bit dry um, and crumbly, need a bit of moisture from the spirit. Um, or perhaps you've been shaped and you're sagging <laughs> and need a bit of fire to firm you up. I just encourage you, as a church, we can come and be malleable and that we can be vulnerable with each other and that uh, there's opportunity to pray and just, you know, open yourselves up to that. Uh, don't leave without addressing those things. Um, yeah, Sunday's more than just listening and we have opportunity to pray with you. So just out here on the right is our prayer room. But I'll just pray for you now before we go. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that you are the potter and we are the clay and that there's no striving in being shaped by you. And the Lord, that uh, you mould us for your good purpose and goodwill as individuals but as a church. And uh, we look forward to the shape that you bring out of this year for us ahead. Um, yeah, and we just thank you that you're with us and you're caring for us and you want what's best. And uh, despite the mars and the cracks and things, um, we know that you're uh, ultimately in control and have your hand on us. So, Lord Jesus, just uh, bless us as we leave today. Um, yeah, and we thank you so much for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that uh, brings us to the close of the service, folks. Just before we leave, um, a really great... Uh, message that we got back from the Johansons. Little Ari had his operation um, on his eye and is doing really, really well. I think we've got a photo of the young fella. Dave, if you have that handy. If not, that's okay. There he is. So doing really well. Um, and just thanks, everyone, for your prayers for the Johansons during that time. It's just great that they've come through that really well. Um, yeah, so... Keep them in your prayers as they move forward from here. Okay, thank you guys. Coffee's at the back. Um, look forward to celebrating and um, having a chat. But, yeah, just a reminder, the prayer room out on the right. Yeah, do business with God if that's for you. Thank you. <laughs>